Welcome to a Calvary Montclair Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will learn of Jesus, grow in Jesus, and share Jesus with other people. Service times are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. For addresses and directions, please visit our website, www.cmontclair.com. We pray that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word by Pastor Joe McTarsney. So today we're going to be observing 14 gifts from the Holy Spirit. 14 gifts from the Holy Spirit that's found in verses 4 through 11. So you may want to write those 14 gifts down as we go through them uh, through this portion of Scripture. So the first one I'd like to highlight. The first gift is found in verse 4, and that is that the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to us of the diversity of gifts. Notice with me in verse 4 where it says that. There are diversity of gifts. There are diversity of gifts. So we know that the Holy Spirit has given diversity gifts to the body of Christ. Now, the diversity it gives, they're named in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. And we're going to cover some of those today. Also, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And then in the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And lastly, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Now, I think it's real important to, to read those um, portions of scriptures. And so as we read them, and, and you could, um, to know all the different diversity of gifts that the Holy Spirit of God has given to us as a body of Christ and, and to the body of Christ in general. So first off, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and 10, let's read that portion of scripture where it says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, we see some more gifts that have been distributed to the body of Christ. Verse 28 says, And God has appointed these in the church, first the apostles, second the prophets, third the teachers, after that miracles, then the gifts of healings, the gifts of helps, the gifts of ministrations, and variety of tongues. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 6 and through 8, we see more of these diversity of gifts that's named. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And then lastly, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Each one has received a gift minister it to one another. So we have to minister to one another. We can't hold on to it as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
Now, I'd like to mention that all these gifts that have been named in those portions of scriptures, they are not um, from our natural abilities. They are supernaturally given by God Almighty to us. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father from above and to us. And they're given to us so we can have the ability to do something that we wouldn't ordinarily be able to do. And what it is, is that the Holy Spirit of God gives us these gifts and then he works in us. And this is so beautiful. Then he works through us. We know that according to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 13, Philippians 2, 13 says, It is God who worketh in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Our Father gets pleasure, first giving us the gifts, and he gives pleasure and seeing us exercise him. Some of you have children and, and, and grandchildren, and uh, I know that you probably love Christmas time. Um, for the presents that they give you, right? <laughs> no, mainly because of the presents you give them. And so you give them a gift, right? And let's say it's, a, it's one of those plastic baths and plastic balls, and, um, and then you see them go outside, and they start to throw that ball up and start to swing it, and they start to exercise that gift. Oh, doesn't that bring you joy? Doesn't that bring you happiness when you see, I, as a father, bless my son or my grandson or granddaughter with this gift and they're exercising, they're, they're utilizing it. It's very similar to that with our Heavenly Father. And he says, Joe, I love you so much. First, I'm going to send my only begotten son to, to save your soul. And you had a heart of rebellion, a hard heart, and had a lost heart. And, and I'm going to win you over with my unconditional love, my divine love for you. And not only that, I'm going to give you my word, and I'm going to give you a body of Christ that we get to be a, a part of a big family. And then I'm going to place my Holy Spirit inside of you. And then I'm going to be giving you gifts also because I'm a good, good father. That's who I am. And so exercise these gifts. Don't go in the corner and just kind of put it there, but, but to use them. And so God has given us these spiritual gifts. And, and so these spiritual gifts are given to us. And, and even if we feel inadequate about one of these spiritual gifts that he has given us, oh, no. Near, no, beloved of God, you are not inadequate at all because what God calls you to do, he also enables you to do it too. One of the um, tactics of the enemy, and I dislike the enemy. I don't use the word hate much, but I hate the enemy. <laughs> you know what he does? He lies to people and tells them that they're inadequate, that they can't be used by the Lord. And he's done a good job across the body of Christ and the whole wide world. And, and where our Father has given each person gifts so they could be exercised and used and talents. And, and so these talents could be multiplied. And it's all for his good pleasure. It's all for his glory. And that's why we, we have them. Now, number two, the, the second gift that we know that the Holy Spirit of, of um, the Lord has given us of the 14, number two, and verse five, and verse five, notice where it says that the Holy Spirit has given us different ministries. In verse five, you could underscore where it says there are differences of ministries. So the various gifts have been given are necessary to be used. So all the different ministries, so all the different ministries in the body of Christ, as well as outside of the church too, so they could function for the glory of God. 
So when folks learn their spiritual gifts, and, and by the way, on the back table, on both back tables, we have some papers where you could actually um, do like a kind of self-test, if you will, and answer questions. And as you answer questions, one of these spiritual gifts is just going to pop up. You're going to be like, hey, there's a match there. I, I, I think I, I've been gifted in, um, in the gifts of mercy or the gifts of helps or administration or, or teaching um, and, and, or whatever it may be, one of them. And, and so, so take that, that self-test. And you could do it online, too. You could just do spiritual tests on, online. And there's a few that pop up. But certainly take it and learn w- w- what, how the Lord has given you. It's Christmas for you, folks. <laughs> learn what God has given to you and, and take it and receive it and, and, and run with it. Why? Because there's so many different ministries that, that, that God wants you to be a part of. God wants us to be a part of not to only speculate and just sit on the sidelines, but God wants you to be that quarterback. God wants you to be involved. God wants to give you the ability to to be used by him. One of the greatest things that a human being can do upon the face of the earth is be used by God Almighty. And when you, you, when you are being used by God Almighty, you're doing work that is involved of eternity. A lot of times people do work that, that matters for, for the natural life. Of course, we need to work. Of course, we need to earn income. Of course, we, we, have, we have to have food and burritos and paquitos that we need to eat. And, you know, of course, that's given in, in a vehicle that we need to drive so we can get to point A and point B. Of course, we need clothes on our back. And, 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 and of course, we need all that. And so we work and we earn money and we're, we're involved. And, and that's wonderful. But to take it a step further. God has given us a gift so we can use in, in different kind of ministries. And there's all sorts of different kind of ministries within this church, outside of the church, too. I, I recently just got um, accepted into the National Billy Graham Association as a chaplain. And so I'm able to be deployed, um, uh, deployed out um, nationally. And why? Because there's different ministries. And then just to give you an example, that, that there is that too. And get involved in the Billy Graham organization. And there's, there's many. And, and I, I, I want to have the credentials that, that I would need. So if an opportunity would arise, I want to say, like Isaiah said, here I am, use me. And I got to ta- I, I tell you, um, majority of the times, I do feel inadequate. I do. But I know God is the one that has given me those gifts, and he will give me the ability to do it too. And that's not only for me, but it is for you as well. And so there's different ministries, and God wants us to be involved in some type of different ministries, again, within the church, also without the church. And I like for those that get involved outside the church. And by the way, if you're involved in your school, that's a great ministry to be involved in. Absolutely, you're a teacher, you're an educator, or you're a first responder. That's your ministry right there. If you are involved in home and you are homeschooling your your your, your I was gonna say your mom. Yeah, <laughs> you can homeschool your mom too. <laughs> but you're homeschooling your your kids. That's your first ministry, by the way. And don't think, oh no, I'm not I'm not ushering and greeting and, and the our ushers saying, Joe, we need more ushers. Don't say that. No, your first ministry is at your house. My first ministry is at my house. And if I don't get a win there, I get a, a lose, a loss or lose at elsewhere. And so I need to win at home first and then win outside of the community. What's good that I go and be part of Billy Graham and, and travel and, and, and share the gospel and come alongside people as a chaplain and, and my, my home is not healthy. And so we are called to exercise our gifts first in our homes and, and now in the community and, and nationally and internationally uh, for, for some too. 
You know, when, when I come here um, in the morning and I, and I walk, and, and for those that the Lord has called to serve in the different ministries with the different gifts that he has given, and, and I walk in, and I see that how the, the, the parking attendants, those that are called to helps and, and, and service, and, and everything's already set up already. And one beauty uh, about being in, in a public school is that we get to set things up, and uh, we get to get our hands dirty and put things out and, and um, get things right, and, and, and um, some get here extra early. Um, and they, they run cable and they do sorts of things. And I know Ruben's going to share a little bit um, when he comes up to uh, about areas you could serve in, in the cell ministry and get things um, uh, prepared um, for, for us. And so we walk in and we see everything's already set up and there's ushers, there's greeters, and there's so many. And as I take a step back and I just see how this is beautifully all woven together by the hand of the Lord, by, by different, different people, and, and God wants you to be used. And so from, from my angle, I, I see that unfold. And you, you say too, I, I, I know you do, but more importantly, God sees it. And he says, oh, look at my son, serve me away. And by the way, when you do things, you do it all unto the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm doing this for you. So I get up in, in the morning, Lord, and I'm gonna serve you. I'm gonna hand out these bulletins in Jesus' name. I'm going to put out the hospitality items in Jesus' name. And we, when you serve, you always do it in the name of Jesus. And, and so, so that's what we do, and it's beautiful when we get to get to do it, and how the Lord wants us to, to use us. Now, I don't know why the Lord wants to use us, but that's a whole different story, and we could talk about that in, in heaven. I'm sure the angels are scratching their heads in heaven, and are like uh, Gabriel, and all are like, hey, Jesus, what do you, you're gonna use them to like accomplish the gospel and spread the, the, your word throughout the whole world? Like, okay, <laughs> you go, Jesus, how you wanna do? But he wants to use us, and why? Because he gets a glory at the very end. He gets a glory at the very end. And, and we as human beings get to glorify God Almighty. Hmm. What an amazing thought. And then when we get to heaven, you know the first words that Jesus is going to tell you? You know the first words Jesus is going to tell you? He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. In addition to that, let's take that a step further. Okay, we'll take that a step further. When we get to heaven, there is a, a feast called the Marriage Feast of the Lamb. So we're going to break bread with Jesus, and I hope they're going to have some tortillas up there. <laughs> some salsa, right? And so as we have the, the Marriage Feast of the Lamb, so we're going to eat together, and Jesus is going to be there. And then, then after that, then it's called the Bema Seat of Christ. What is the Bema Seat of Christ? It's then those that have served and been faithful, they're going to be rewarded. Those that maybe the grandmas or the widows that the Lord has called them to be a person of prayer, they're going to be rewarded for that gift. And they're going to be rewarded for the ushers and for those that did the certain things that they did or um, homeschool their kids or whatever it may be. They're going to get rewarded for that. And you're like, what? You gave me the gift. You empowered me. You encouraged me when the enemy said, I can't do this, and I totally feel inadequate each and every single time that I do that. And you brought the encouragement to brothers and sisters, and you opened the door for me to, to do that. You filled me with your Holy Spirit. And when I get to heaven, you're going to tell me, well done, and I'm going to get rewarded. Okay, cool. I like that. <laughs> and so that's what we get to do. And, and, and serving the Lord is so beautiful. And, and I, want, I don't want to see people thinking they have to but we get to. And, and, and I don't want to see ever and within, within our congregation a harshness or a meanness when people serve the Lord. Unfortunately, I've read even recently some articles where people were like so demanding upon people were like, like, I don't get it because Jesus died upon the cross for them. He shed his blood for them. And who are you to be like harsh? 
where you to be mean at people and demanding and, and working them around the clock and, and giving them so little? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Jesus doesn't treat us that way. And we treat people as Jesus treats us. And, and so God has given us gifts so they could be used in all the different ministries. Number three, and we need to continue to cruise forward. Number three in verse six, the Holy Spirit has given us the energy that we need. Notice in verse six where it says, and there are diversity of activities, diversity of activities. Now, the Greek word of activities um, in verse six, it means energmata, energmata. And from the word energmata, we get our words energy or energetic or, or, or energize. And so this is a word that speaks of having an active supernatural power or energy, if you will. So what happens is it is God that works in us as he pours his spirit inside of us, and then he pours his spirit or his energy or his power from us so we could function in the different ministries that we are called to serve him, that the strength that he gives to us so we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, who energizes us, who, who empowers us. So, so we don't serve in the flesh, we serve in the spirit. We serve with the, the encouragement that, that, we, that we give to him because whatever you do, you, you do it unto, unto the Lord. So now God gives us um, these different gifts. And there's some times where, where, where you may have a gift that's similar to another gift. For example, let's say the Lord has gifted you in the area of evangelism, that you have a heart to see people come to know Christ, that you, you think, you know what, hey, this is just not right. This is not right that um, I'm one, I came to know the truth of the gospel, the truth set me free. I'm a changed man. I'm a changed woman. My mind has been renewed through the gospel, and and um, I want other people to have this too. And, and so maybe God is giving you the, the gift of evangelism. Now there's others that have a gift of evangelism. So we're going to see in a couple of weeks with, with like the Harvest Group says with Pastor Greg Laurie. And so he has a, a different gift. So, uh, I mean, a different way to function in that gift. So you both are called to be an evangelist, but it just looks differently. And that's what I love about the body of Christ. There's diversity. It, it, it looks different. It kind of feels different. But but at the end of the day, when, we, when you get to heaven and when Greg Laurie gets to heaven and say you're standing beside one another. Greg is not more like more special than you are. You both have been given the gift of evangelism. God has called you to be an evangelist and, and, and to be your, your light and salt in the area that God has called you to be at your workplace, to share the gospel, to have integrity, to have in char to character, not do things that are shady. And, and, um, and people will walk by you and you're being an evangelist by the way you conduct yourself. You're, you're, you're not, you know, laughing at those jokes. You're, you're not belittling the, the supervisors. You're not talking bad or, or taking advantage or what have you. And you, you have the gift of evangelism. You, you're representing Christ. You, you are his ambassador. You represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so this is the day and age because there, there's so much lacking of integrity. There's so much cutting corners. There's so much dishonesty. And I was talking to my son about this yesterday in, in businesses. There's so many businesses that are not operating um, in, a, in a way that should be operating in a proper fashion. And, and so, so the Lord may, may call you in the, this area of evangelism but there's other people that have evangelism that just can look differently. And so it shouldn't be a competition. It should be that you are competing. You, you are complementing one another. No competition. You're complementing one another. And so at the end of the day, you're called to exercise the gift that God has called you to, to have and to use it in the way that God has called you to, to use it too. So number four, we see in verse seven. The, the fourth gift that the Holy Spirit has given us. The, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes known the gifts that we have. Notice that with me in verse 7 where it says, 
but the manifestation of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit. You may want to circle the word manifestation, and that word manifestation means to make known, to make known. So the Holy Spirit has gifted us to make known the gifts that he has given to us. And notice what it says in verse 7, to each one, to each one. So in verse 7, where it says to each one, so the Holy Spirit will make known to you, to each one, the gift that he has given you so you could operate it in a different ministry and a different function that he has called you to do. And, and why did he make known this gift to you? Notice where it says in verse 7, where it says in verse 7, um, in verse 7 where it says, for the profit of all. So you have been given a gift, not for your own profit. Not, not for you to like sit on the stage and, and you say, hey, everybody look at me. I'm gifting this certain area. No, you have been given a gift so other people could be profited by it. Other people could be blessed by it. Other people could be encouraged by it. Other people will receive benefits from, from you. And that's the fruit of the spirit. You know, some, some of you have um, some neighbors that, that have a fruit tree. Maybe it's a lemon tree. And um, you know what, what happens. You know, sometimes that lemon somehow just comes over your yard. Uh, <laughs> the, the branch is not like all the way there, but it's kind of there. And you're like, huh, I want to make some fresh lemon, lemonade on this warm day. And so what happens? You know, maybe they give permission too. You know, you go over and that, you pick out that, that, that lemon or that, that or, um, avocado, if you will, also. And, and so you, you, you benefit. You benefit from, from that fruit. You have been given a gift, and you exercise the fruit of the Spirit, and it's for other people's benefits. And, and, so, and, and so we get to bless other people. And when you serve other people and you think of the interests of others, it's so rewarding at the end of the day. It is better to give and not to get. It is so better when we serve. And, and, and there's times where, where it's hot out there. And there's some times where there's long hours. But you put your head upon the pillow at night and you're saying, Lord, I did this for you. You know, th this work that you have called me to, Lord, I don't like it, honestly. And some of you, I know you probably may not like the profession that, that you're working in. But if you don't share the gospel there and be light and, and be God's rep, if you will, who will? Who will? And so God wants you and, and, and to sometimes be in difficult situations because he knows that um, people are watching you. And, and see, that's how it, it all began when Jesus came on earth. He came to dwell amongst people so, see, so people could see Christianity lived out. People this day needs to see Christianity lived out. They, they, um, it's wonderful to read, but it's, it's important that people read it through us. And so God wants to use us with the different gifts that he has given to, to us. And, and he wants to make it manifested over to us or make it known to us. So there's different gifts online you can read or, or pamphlets that we have. We printed some out. So there's ways to, to learn about it. And, and so the gifts are in operation today because this is a day and age where the body of Christ needs to be edified than any time in the history of the church that edified, the body needs to be edified. And, and, um, and as there's more tragedies, and, and I'm sorry to say this, I'm sorry to say, say this, there may be more tragedies in the near future. People are sinners and they need Jesus. The Bible says in the last days, perilous times will take place. But so when darkness happens, guess what? The light shines even brighter. Right, and so we 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 are the light, and we need to get credentials. We need to to be in those positions to say when they need people there, and say, "Here I am. I'm ready to go." And um, and a lot of times, 
it's 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 just serving, giving water and and, and caring and crying and and it, you you got to remember that the sh one of the shortest verses of the Bible, one of them is Jesus wept, and so he just cried and and by he by Jesus crying, it, it, that was a sermon in itself. Tears are a sermon, right? And when people just, you come alongside them and you're like, you were there in the, the time of my hurting. And by the way, when someone's going through a difficult time, and if you are the person that is there, they will never forget you for the rest of your life. It's just like the person that you were there with when, or, uh, or with, with you when you were going through a difficult time. You know who they are. Right now, their, their face just maybe just popped in your mind. We never forget those people. And so God wants us to, to be used and exercise our gift. So we're not to get our gift and just kind of put it on, uh, uh, under a blanket. But no, take that light out and put it on a lampstand and let that shine, baby. Let it shine. Let it go shine out there because darkness is there. And so as, as darkness is there, praise God, the light's going to be even, even brighter. And it's for the profit of it all. Now, according to uh, verse 8, we see the fifth one. The fifth one is that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the gifts. And we see the first one, one of the gifts is the gift of wisdom. You see that in verse 8, the gift of wisdom. Now, the definition of the, the, the gift of wisdom or the word of wisdom is having the supernatural solution. Having the supernatural solution by getting the insight that comes directly from God. That's super cool. It's like having like a spiritual antenna, if you will. It's like, okay, God, what is it? <laughs> he just gives you that, that word of wisdom. Now, what is that word of wisdom? I know a lot of you have that. This gift helps people solve problems. That you just have that keen insight. People share things with you and you're like, boom, right away, this should be done and that should be done. Be careful about this, but do this. And you're just able just to uh, streamline um, situations and like this is how it's supposed to unfold. The, 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 the gift of the word of wisdom resolves conflicts, gives practical advice, and also gives you the right words to say at the right time when you need to say the right words at the right time, either to, to defend the gospel um, or to just talk to people. And so those that have the word of wisdom, it's a beautiful gift. I know many of you have that. Continue to exercise it. We know in the Bible, uh, Stephen, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 10, Stephen had the gift of, of wisdom. And so as he spoke to his adversaries. Now, we know according to uh, verse 6, um, the, the, the uh I'm sorry, verse 8, we have the sixth gift. Verse 8, we have this sixth gift. Um, and this gift is the, the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge. And we see that in verse, verse 8, that's the sixth one. So the definition of the word of knowledge, the definition of the word of knowledge is having the supernatural knowledge of persons, of places, or things that you didn't receive apart but from the Lord. So you, again, you, you, you have this ability to know things that other people um, may not know. And the Lord just gives you that word of knowledge. An example of this is when uh, Charles um, Spurgeon um, came to Christ. And you know, you all know Charles Spurgeon, a great man of the faith within our history. And so what would happen, what would happen was um, uh, a minister w was um, sharing the gospel. And as he was sharing the gospel in a church service, um, Spurgeon was right there. And as um, the minister min uh, ministered, um, he had the word of knowledge. And, and in his message, he said certain words that he didn't have in his notes at all. But he said certain words that spoke to Spurgeon's life where he was at at that moment. 
and, and, and then eventually he came to, to know the Lord. It's an example of the word of knowledge, that you just know exactly what's going on behind the scenes. You kind of see the big picture, if you will. And, um, and so when you see the big picture of someone's life, you, you, you know, like, okay, there's some underpinning things going on here with this individual. You just, you just pick it up and you, you know that's going on. Or the Lord may ask you to have, ask a leading question. As soon as they answer a leading question, boom, the picture just comes off. You kind of see them. There's like a bubble um, over their, their, their head, and you just kind of read their, you're reading their mail. Um, so there's a story in the Bible where, where Jesus exercised the word of knowledge about a woman that he ministered to at the, at the well. Um, in John chapter 4, verse 16, John chapter 4, verse 16, we, we know this story. So he told her, go and call your husband and come back. And then she says, I have no husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And so this is a beautiful gift that, that, um, that, that the Lord has given to some of you and, and exercise that. Now, the, the seventh one, the seventh one is found in verse 9. The seventh one is found in verse 9 where it says the gift of faith. The Holy Spirit has given um, the, the gift of faith to, uh, to some. Now, the definition of faith is this beautiful. The definition of faith is over and above trust for something that is extraordinary. It's over and above trust for something that is extraordinary. Though faith, it is the essential part of every Christian life. You came to Christ through faith, uh, through God's grace. So it was faith that, that the Lord um, placed in your life so you could be saved. So now this gift of faith, this is different. This is over and above. This gift of faith is a unique ability to trust God against all circumstances, to trust God against all circumstances. Some of you have heard of a, heard of a great man in, in history. And you know what, I, and I wish we wouldn't have, I praise God for the great men of history, but I believe God wants to use people now, today that people could point to. But you know, some of you heard of, of George uh, Mueller. Uh, he, he founded so many different missionaries out there. He trusted God. He trusted God for finances. He trusted God for, for buildings. He had faith. And this is a man that you read his biography of his, of his life. He wouldn't tell anyone needs. He says, I don't want to tell anyone needs because I believe that God and I trust God. I have faith that he will provide for my needs. And he trusted. And, and so he's the one that founded all these different orphanages. And, and so he's an example of, of the gift of faith. We know in the, in, in the Bible, in the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 6, Acts chapter 3, verse 6, we know Peter, he exercised uh, the gift of faith. And so it says in Acts 3, 6, it says, so then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So G, um, Peter went to this gate called the Gate of Beautiful, and there was this person begging for, for money. And so Peter sees him, he sees him, and he had the gift of faith, and he says, let me, he takes him by his hand. And now that's kind of risky. He, you know, he, he's, he's a crippled person. And, and he just takes him by his hand, and he says, rise up and walk. And he had the gift of faith because the Lord told him, the Lord told him, I want this person to be healed. Today's his day. By, by the way, that man has been sitting at the gate for, for a long period of time, but today was his day. And by the way, before Peter went there, you know what Peter was doing beforehand? He was in prayer. Oftentimes people in prayer have that gift. Why? Because they're in connection with God. 
they're moving with the Lord. They're, they're talking with the Lord. They, they, um, so the, our, our, our Abba Father, he's just, he's, you, we just got done talking with them. And so they're kind of still in that spirit. They're still walking. And the Lord says, tell that person this, tell that person that. And that's why it's important to walk in the spirit. And, and so when you walk in the spirit, you're connected with God. And he gives you that faith. He trusts you because your God is able. Your God is able to move mountains. Your God can do miracles. And, and um, have faith. Faith is founded on, on a faithful father. Feed on his faithfulness. And um, if you need to build up your faith, learn how God has moved in the history of, of the church in the world. And, and God's not done moving. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. And this is what excites me about the Lord. I know that there's 39,000 um, residents in the city of Montclair. I know that. And I know that there's a lot more in the San Bernardino County. And I know that there's a lot of people in, um, in, in our state as well as in the United States. And I know that majority of them don't know Jesus. So we're on a mission. The mission is not impossible because nothing's impossible with God. So God wants to save people. And so we have faith in a, in a God that wants to redeem people because uh, the redemption is part of God's nature. And people want to know who, who is God. God is love. God is kind. God is just. And, and, and God is a savior also. God's a redeemer. As he redeemed you, he saved you. He wants to continue to, to save people because he's the way. He's the answer. He, he, he's the help that will help people. So we have the, the, the gift of faith. Now, number eight. Number eight, we see this in verse nine also, is the gift of healing. And we see this in... Um, um, in verse uh, 9, uh, the, the eighth one, the gift of healing. And the definition of healing is giving to a person, is, 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 is healing a person, or God just heals a person. They have received the gift of healing. So um, supernaturally, they were feeling ill, and, and, and according to God's will, they're a lot better. And some people, they, they call upon the elders of the church, and they pray them, anoint them with oil, and there's times that they get, 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 get healed. Um, and so God is able to do that. We even have a, a personal story within our ministry. Some of you, you, I've shared this story before. We have a ministry where we minister into um, the retirement home uh, right off of uh, Monta Vista um, there. And so, so we go in. And um, so, uh, so we have a time of prayer. And, and so one of the ladies asked, um, you know, do, what can I pray for you for? And then she said there was a personal issue that she had w w within her. And she, had, she was going to go to the doctors um, uh, for that procedure, um, to, for, for that to get, get done. And so she prayed in faith, Lord, would, would, would you heal her? And, and, um, and so, so, um, so she prayed. And then um, and, and the person that prayed for her just so happens to be at Kaiser Hospital, just so happens to be there at the same time that she's there to get um, a checkup before she has her procedure. And so happens, you, Kaiser is a huge hospital, and they just so happen just to run into each other. And this lady uh, named Dolores, she was just beaming with excitement. She runs over to this lady um, and, and, uh, and, and says, um, um, I'm healed. The doctors cannot find it at all. Yeah, it's true. A ask Koi. You know, she's the one, the lady that was a recipient to be to be used by by that. Um, and so God does heal. God does heal. And and so God 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 wants to heal people. And so what, when I'm called to pray for people, I'm always praying. And I anoint them with oil. I do the sign of the cross and the Father, the Son. I'm praying, Lord. 
would you heal this person according to your will? And so God, God is able to, to, to heal. Now, there's some times, there's some times like Paul, where he had a thorn in his flesh. And, um, and so Paul was able to say, and this is part of God's healing too. God's, Paul was able to say, God's grace is sufficient for me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And isn't that beautiful? And some of you, you, you have a, a, a long going, um, something going on, like a thorn in the flesh, like, like Paul. But you're able to see, like Paul said, right? God's grace is sufficient. And sometimes some of us need to have that. Um, what happened with Jacob in the, in the Old Testament, how you wrestle with God and you have a limp now. And maybe God wants you to have that limp to, to remind you of his faithfulness, to remind you of his love for you, and to remind you of, of his goodness um, in your life. And so some of us ha still will have that until you get home, but it's a reminder of the Lord. So now number nine in verse 10, number nine in verse 10, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives the, the, the working of miracles. The Holy Spirit is the one that that gives a gift of, of miracles. The definition of the, the, of the gifting of miracles is, is God doing something supernaturally extraordinary. God doing something supernatural, supernaturally is extraordinary. It, it's a miracle. And, and that's exactly what it is. And there, there are miracles that, that do take place. There's books on, on, on that where it had to be a God. There, there, there had, to, had to be a God. And this, this, this describes when the Holy Spirit of God overrides a lot of the laws of, of nature. And there are ministering angels out there. Who knows? There's, there's, there, there will be some times where God just causes a miracle to take place. And, and, and you never know. You, you never know. You, you never know where, um, when God may have sent like an angel. And you're like, this is bizarre. The person was here. They, they were able to help me in this and they're um, completely gone. And you may have a story like that. I, I kind of, I have you know, a couple of those stories. I remember one time my wife and I were, were going up on, on, to, to the hill um, and then uh, our car just overheated. So we pulled over and we're like, oh no, we're not, we're like kind of halfway from down the hill and halfway up the hill. And then um, out of the blue, this lady just pulls up and, um, and she said, What's, or she saw the overheating. I'm like, oh yeah, it overheated um, going up the hill. And then uh, she said, well, I want to help you. And then I just thought, okay. And like 20 minutes later, she comes back and with, with uh, a coolant. And uh, so we, we, we poured it in and there's just something interesting about this lady. And, and then later on I told Diane, I'm like, Diane, do you think she was an angel? <laughs> I've never encountered something like that. Maybe you have something similar to that, where like, there's just something like out of the ordinary, extraordinary, and it's a miracle. And, and there, there are miracles that, that do take place. And, and so you maybe you have that gift of, of uh, trusting God that he can do miracles, and he does do miracles. Now, number 10, in verse 10, we see that the Holy Spirit gives a gift of prophecy. The definition of the gift of prophecy is speaking for God by being his mouthpiece. It's speaking for God by being his mouthpiece. So it, it's, it's God using you to share his message with, with other people. And this message is always in accordance with scripture. 
When God uses your mouth to be his, his mouthpiece, to be his prophet, if you will, it's always according to scripture. So when they say that, there always has to be a scriptural reference. There always had to be a scripture reference. And we know that um, there's people in the Bible that had the gift of prophecy, like Isaiah. We know uh, Jeremiah. We know Ezekiel and, and Daniel and many others had the, the gift of prophecy. Now, number 11, number 11 and verse 10, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives a, the, the gift of discerning the spirits, of discerning the spirits. So the definition of that is having the ability to discern if the message is from God or not. So you, so the Holy Spirit is able just to give you that discernment that, that if, if, if a doctrine or, or information is being said over to you, you right away, there's a check in your spirit that says, no, that's not accurate. No, that's not right. There's something fishy about that. And so he gives you the, the gift of a discernment. This is a day and age where, where God knows we need the, uh, the, gift of a dis, the gift of discernment. We know in the book of Jude, chapter uh, verse 4, Jude has one chapter. Jude 4 says, For certain individuals uh, whose condemnation was written long, about long ago have secretly slipped in amongst you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into license of immorality and deny Jesus Christ, um, our only Savior and Lord. So, you know, that happens. People slip in a church and they start sharing something that, that, that um, you're not saved by God's grace. And, and you have that discernment that goes off like, no, that, that's, not, that, that's not right on because you know the scripture. And that's why it's so important for us as believers. And what I love about the Calvary ministry is, is that we, we take scripture. We go through books of the Bible. You're going to get the word of God pumped inside of you. That kind of sounds weird, pumped inside of you. But you get the word. We renew our mind with the word of God. And so as you get more of the scriptures, you're more discerning. You know the word of God. And, and so it's important to know the word of God. Now, number 12 and verse 10, number 12 and verse 10, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives a gift of tongues. And this is important. He's the one that gives the, the gift of tongues. Now, the definition is, is speaking in a language that you have never learned by ordinary means, the gift of tongues. It is a personal language of prayer given by God, whereby the believer can communicate with God beyond the limit of knowledge and understanding, beyond your normal English speaking ability. It's a different language. We see that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. <laughs> no one understands them. They, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. And then in chapter 14, uh, verse 23, verse 23 says, Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there comes in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, that's important, or unbelievers, Will they not say that you are out of your mind? So know this, tongues have an important place in the devotional life of the believer, but a small place in the corporate life of the church where unbelievers are. And so it's important to know that, that, that tongues, some people have it and some people don't. There's people that would say that the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit is by the gift of tongues. That's biblically inaccurate. Because notice that the last three words of verse 11 uh, in the same chapter, verse 11, you may want to underscore where it says, as he wills, as he wills. So some people have this gift and some people don't. 
So it's not the evidence of you being filled with, with God's Holy Spirit. Because according to Ephesians 2, once a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, they are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God already. And then the Lord empowers you when he fills you with his Holy, Holy Spirit. So when they say, oh, you know, the, 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 the evidence that, that you have God's Spirit inside of you is a, the gift of tongues, that's biblically inaccurate. In, in now, number 13, we're almost done. We have two more. Number 13 in verse 10. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives the gift of interpretation of tongues. He gives a gift of interpretation of tongues. The definition of, uh, of this is giving the meaning of the unknown tongue language. You have the gift to interpret. You, you give the, the meaning of the unknown language. So when, when tongues are practiced in what is called a believer's meeting, where everybody in the church is a believer at that time, and it's not necessary on a Sunday morning, because Sunday mornings, the churches across the nation, they're, they're mixed. People are new. They're, they're checking it out. And, and so it's, it's called in a believer's meeting within a church. It is never without an, an interpretation by the Holy Spirit of God. So tongues is spoken, and then and then there's someone that needs to give the interpretation or, or the meaning of it. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27, speaks about that. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or the most three. So notice, there has to be like two. Each in turn, let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Sometimes it's unfortunate a lot of people like to draw attention to themselves. So they, they, they act out this way and they want to show themselves to be like kind of super spiritual, but really they, they have a, a need for, for their identity in Christ. That's really what it is. And, and so, but the but, uh, gift of interpretation is there. And then lastly, number um, 14, we see in verse 11. Number 14, we see in verse 11, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives gifts to individuals as he wills. As I already pointed that out, he gives gifts to individuals as he wills. So it's God's decision, ultimately. It's God's decision to give gifts to whom he desires. We see that in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 1, Ephesians 1, 1, where it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by what? The will of God. Now, we, we can pray for the gifts. Lord, I would ask you in Jesus' name, according to your will, you would bless me with an abundance of gifts. And, and I have found even in my life that in life, you get different gifts later on. Um, they may be there, but the Lord may mature you and grow you and, and help you. I, I know when I, I, I was called to be uh, a pastor teacher and I'm still learning exercise and a gift. And then God has called me to be better um, in, in administration. And so to, to um, operate a church, you have to have the gift of administration. So there's times where the God later on just gives you another gift and he doesn't overwhelm you initially, but he does give you gifts. And so pray that, that the Lord would reveal his gifts to you. And he says, according to his word, we're ready to wear this, they will be manifested or made known to you. So pray that God will make known his gifts to you and not make no, only known to you, then you will step out in faith and exercise that gift and get, get involved. And even if it's the gifts that helps, the gift that helps, there's so many helps. Because oftentimes people see like the church function around and they're like, oh, I'm not needed. Oh, if you would even know, 
There's so many things. We could literally add like 10 more people in the gifts of help. And, um, and Ruben's going to be sharing about that a little bit later. But, but there's ways to, to get involved or, or teaching in kids' ministry or serving as a, 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 in the gifts of mercy. The gift of mercy is like chaplaincy. There's so many. There's so many different gifts out there. But be used by the Lord. Bottom line of this message is that God has given gifts. He'll make it known to you. Use them for his honor and his glory. And once you do, though, once you do, it will eliminate a life of discontentment. I, I firmly believe a lot of Christians are not firing on all cylinders because they're not utilizing the gifts that God has given them. And so in life, there's, they wake up Monday morning, and they're like, there's just something missing here. And once they learn their gift and then see that even God has called them to be a light and soul and use their gift in the workplaces, and when that light bulb comes comes out or comes on, if you will, it changes your attitude, your heart, and then you wake up, that alarm clock, you, do, you just don't want to, I know some of us, we use our phone as alarm clock, you don't want to get your phone and throw it against the wall anymore. You're like, <laughs> okay, it's, it's a new day to be a missionary for the Lord. And by the way, when our kids are at school, it, it, they're entering in a mission field. And so it's a new day to, to be a part of the educational system and, and to um, bring God glory and honor. So God, God wants to use you. God wants to use you this week, starting tomorrow, starting today and starting tomorrow. Exercise this gift. And by the way, we're going to get this in, in chapter 13. The greatest gift of all is a gift of what? Love. People need to be loved unconditionally. S spread love. Love people. Why should I do that? Because God has loved you unconditionally. Love others unconditionally. Just see how they're doing, how they're holding up. I just asked a guy this yesterday or the day before yesterday. So, how are you holding up? I know that his his wife is dying of cancer, and his mother-in-law, which just got buried. So I walked up. How how are you holding up? And it's people are going through difficult situations, folks. We're going through difficult situations, some of you guys. And, um, and, and if the day and age where there's, there's um, needs to be hope, it is today. It is today, the gift of hope. So use your gifts and, and glorify God.